literally, literally just turn the mics on. You were literally just going to turn the mics on, right? Okay. Well, this is exciting. This is, uh, this is keeping it 5150, episode 16. No Wait, no prep. Is it 16 or 17? Oh, 17. It is totally 17. I got <laughs> There we go. That, that burned up some time, not knowing yeah, what almost, episode. Almost reached that golden hour mark already. <laughs> I like to keep it at the firm 55 minutes. We might record for 35 minutes and you stretch it out to an hour. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it's a slow talk in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could just do like another... 25 minutes of two-handed tapping. That'd be yeah. it. go down well with our core audience. So, yeah. So, episode 17. Action-packed show. Yeah. There's a, a lethargic energy today. <laughs> it is. We're recording later than usual. I know. Oh, We're man. recording at, a, like, a reasonable time to drink and talk. And we just can't be bothered to no. do it correctly. Um, so, uh, really don't have any uh, new emails no. or uh, no. listener feedback. So, you guys... Yeah, give us suggestions, girl. I can make you feel okay at gmail.com and uh, five star reviews only on uh, on iTunes. Yeah, by the time you listen to this, we'll have launched the official Facebook page. Yes, we need to get some images together. It'll be uh, funny. Figure out how to promote that without really dragging ourselves. No, I'm I'm yeah, you committed to it. I'm kind of committed to it. I I posted the last four probably by the time people listen. You can't you can't cross that bridge. I'm thinking about just like. Were I to change jobs at any point, which I've no intention to do anytime soon, but you leave a public record of all the dumb stuff you've said, and I'm definitely not going to be able to work for Megadeth at this point. You also know that um, there's times when he's mad at the whole organization. (laughs) The whole Megadeth organization. By the way, when we get into our, well, maybe even before we get into our our feature segment, the writing on the Megadeth discography pages is incredible. Like, (laughs) Well, you guys should just read that. It should come out as a book. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, they, they treat him like he's fucking Bob Dylan or Jesus Christ or something. It is amazing. So there's a little foreshadowing for you. <laughs> Beer pairing um, for this one, just whatever you have around the house. That's what um, we did. Straight to the fridge. <laughs> Whatever's it's like, in there. What, what did I bring over that we haven't drank yet? I got um, a <laughs> you, got, you got something fancy. It's, uh, there's a bi- another Belgian. It's the same people that make the, the Megadeth beer. Yes, this is the one that's not... I got a big bottle of this, and it's like 9% alcohol, and it's, it's pretty rad. So I'm finishing the... Uh, the copper lager, the, the chrome, chrome Satan from yeah. Hertz, getting my daily, daily <laughs> RDA of chrome. <laughs> you know, you, you took, you took Mad Max Fury Road blood and chrome. Like, yeah. you took that to heart. You're like, I do need blood and chrome every day. <laughs> uh, so, one of the, some of the feedback that we got in text form, the form that you guys will never see, uh, was uh, it might be interesting to talk about our band a little more. So this week we got cassettes in for our new cassette single release. That was exciting. Uh, um, yeah. Like they look really cool. We were very disappointed and let down by the fact that, uh, that the Canadian company that makes these cassettes didn't get them to us in time for our, for our, um, our supposed like tape release show. But yeah, we had a release show and... Uh, released nothing. <laughs> and it became just a show uh, this band is so fucking mysterious I know we keep it mysterious we never say the name of it we don't talk about it that often horrible <laughs> promotion for our band this is how I do it I'm mm. when this unnamed band was on the homepage of the stranger as a suggested like single part of their suggested single things someone I work with had to post it to the all agency thing <laughs> to let people know that it was on there no it was like no, this dude not. sucks a promotion his band is on the like fucking homepage of the stranger we, so, have, we have a similar um music channel at work um that you can post in to, to promote your band and i posted something like hey my band's playing tonight that's it like didn't name a band and so i was like what's what's your band I'm like yeah okay sorry here's, here's a link to our website <laughs> here's some here's some I uh, am bad at this 
When I first started playing music as a high schooler, promotion was such a big part of it. Oh, you you were selling t-shirts before you yeah, like, played a note. We would not stop talking about the band <laughs> we were in. Like we what really wanted the people to know what we were doing. And now I just think about how fucking mums the word every time. The only reason I'm not sharing it out is because I just don't even think to do it. So, uh, so yeah, so cassettes in the future, you guys, if you're not in the Seattle area, will probably have no access to them. But you can also, download the record digitally using, if you can using figure your computer. Out if you can breadcrumb trail it back to the name of the band through all the cryptic <laughs> writings that we're doing man. about it. <laughs> this will be like... The Serial Podcast. It's got like a mystery at the core of it. I see. I constantly <laughs> like to compare our, our podcast to the Serial Podcast because yeah, it's know, successful. People don't get rich off podcasts. Uh, I don't know that, that Mailchimp money. That sounds oh, Mailchimp money. It's <laughs> pretty. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, Stamps.com can't be paying that much. They're on every goddamn podcast other than ours. We ride for meters, meters, meters. <laughs> Fuck you, Stamps.com. <laughs> I I don't know. Like obviously, meters, meters, meters is, is uh, solving some problems, but. Stamps.com are going against you know that postage meter that you've got? No, what fuck what are you talking about? Well no more no more of that. Um, no more of it now, man. Problem <laughs> yeah. solved. Yeah. You do know that uh, like automated bill pays pretty much made it so I don't mail anything. Like no. I mail nothing at this point. Well, there's a, I think it was on Twitter, but it was something like, "Oh, I keep I keep writing um, 2006 on my checks because that's the last time I used a check." <laughs> okay. Um, before we uh, read ads, the can you explain to me what happened in Britain? Oh, no. No, absolutely not. I okay. don't know. That was just really surprising. Um, the Tories were supposed to take a... Because they, they called the election. They called it way earlier than they need to. What I didn't understand was all the headlines were like, oh, made a huge mistake by like having the election, and I wasn't clear that like, why they were able to have an election. In. Fun fact, in the UK, if you're the ruling power, you get to pick when the election is. Up to a period of five years, it might be like five and a half years or... 2,000 days or some shit like that. I don't yeah. know. But it's, there's a well, time limit. Well, it's probably limit. in the metric system. In my uh, former country. We have a mixture of the metric system and, and the regular imperial system. I don't know why it's called imperial. Britain didn't have an emperor. <laughs> I just think it would be funny if uh, a metric day was only like 22.5 10, 10 hours. hours. <laughs> <laughs> just enough to make it real weird. Like the fact that like a kilometer is like, uh, it takes like four kilometers to make three miles. And it's like, why is it like this? Every metric minute is 10 metric seconds. <laughs> yes. People told me, like, when I was going to school that you had to learn the metric system, and I just didn't. Also, also I, it takes, like, what, 95 seconds to learn the metric system? Oh, it's still tens. It's tens. It's fine. Like, it's really... <laughs> but what you don't understand is it's not just learning the metric system. It's But really, just so you know how many of the metric system things equate to the things we actually use every day. Yeah. So it's, no, you need to know, like, how does this equate <laughs> to, like, how many kilometers in a mile? And it's like, I don't care. We use that, miles here. So whenever you're buying Coke, you're like, well, how, how many feet of Coke is this? I feel like that's how... The James Gang did it. I know you're selling it in grams, but how many feet? <laughs> if that's a metric foot, and they're like, that's not a thing. You how, can't have a metric foot. How <laughs> imperial high do I get? How long does it last? Uh, Nero. How, how long Nero am I going to be talking about myself? <laughs> Forever. Uh, all right. That was exciting, what we just <laughs> talked about. Now, that, let's That was, if anything, too exciting. <laughs> Now, let's read some ads. We've all been there. We've done or said something that, while it was right in the moment, we now regret. Be it a simple scream or a brutal assault, we're all carrying around some shame. 
We could have burdened ourselves by apologizing, but this is America. This is 2017. Surely there's a better way. Of course there is. AstroBlame is the West Coast leading responsibility reduction service. You're going to need to know the deal, and that's coming up next. You send in your birth sign and what you've done. They come up with a list of plausible space excuses that take you off the hook for good. Best of all, it's offering 5150 listeners a steep discount on this month's supply of Moonwell alibis. Yelled at an orphan. Mercury is in retrograde this week. Write a subpar show for Netflix? Well, I'm such Sagittarius. Punch the cop? <laughs> Mercury is in retrograde. This one is bulletproof. You can use it more than once. Astro blame. The moon made me do it. It's not just for werewolves anymore. Okay, today's topic was intense. I did a solid 15 minutes worth of research before we got in here. I mean, not counting my whole life, but... An additional quarter of an imperial hour. Today's, so. today's feature topic. Of the big four, we took the two of the big four and decided to compare that, their output from day one to 2000. This so, is, uh, we're going to go... Amphrax and Exodus. Flotsam Jetsam. <laughs> Flotsam versus Jetsam. We're going to go um, Metallica and Megadeth. Uh, all, all the from from the first first Metallica record and first Megadeth record up to about two thousand ish because that's when we got fucking bored of listening to Metallica. It's also tough because uh, spoiler alert, Metallica put out way less albums than Megadeth post two thousand. Like yeah, it, it, got, 80s, it got creepy. You can you can go head to head. Let's maybe try another intro for this. We're gonna <laughs> no, I no, it's fine. I think is that, I, is that okay? I think uh, to explain it reasonably well, what we're gonna do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I just wanted to add a caveat, which is like this works the best from the. We're not counting live albums or compilations or fucking S and M or any any bullshit like that. I don't know in. Apparently, Cayman R.I.P. Rest yeah. in power, Chris. Rest in power from 2003. Michael Cayman, yeah. the dude that on a previous podcast I was like, we should try to get Cayman on an interview. <laughs> not not gonna happen. So, I don't know what your what was your approach before we get into actually head to head. So I was not super well up on. Uh, a few of the records, um, the the first Megadeth record and the third Megadeth record, I just listened to this week, and I think I heard some of those songs for the first time. I listened to Kill 'Em All again as well, and then and everything else is just based on, as as you said, the rest, the, the previous many many years of listening right. to this stuff. So for this segment, I think I'm gonna like lean on you for a lot of these albums. Okay. Um, what I did is I looked up. You got notes. This is total uh, American sales peak chart position. Okay. And. A general consensus of what the critical response is based off of Wikipedia. <laughs> so, Wikipedia is a goldmine for this stuff. So, and I, as I said in the first section, read every Megadeth record um, entry that it has on Wikipedia. Like the recording of Rust in Peace, the recording of fucking So Far yeah. So Good So What. Gold. You need yeah. to read it. Uh, full disclosure, the first two albums, um, I had a harder time finding sales records. Okay. Or. So there we go. Let's we're going to like, we're going to go head to head. Round one. This is... Uh, Metallica's Kill 'Em All, 1983. Versus Killing Is My Business, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> and, and Business Is good. good. Exclamation point, 1985. So really, we should be comparing this to fucking Rain and Blood and stuff like that. But no, we're going head-to-head as, as if yeah. they came out the same year. There's only a few years where we can actually do the thing where we're like, oh, fuck it, if we wanted to, we could do this. So Look, science nerds, you're going to have to cut us a break on this. Yeah, like, we're yeah. not, this is not a, a, a scientific test of these albums. We're just going yep. like one for one in the order that they were released. So Kill 'Em All, triple platinum. Yeah. In the U.S. So like three mil, three million sales. at least three million sold. Some presumably a million in the last ten months or something like yeah. that. It's incredibly still a very well well yeah. selling record. Uh, peak chart position was sixty six. Okay. And critical response mostly positive. 
Okay. Um, killing is my business. Sales I can find, two hundred and fifty thousand. Okay. Did not chart. Didn't chart. Okay. <laughs> but also was mostly positive. Both of these are like generally well regarded albums. Okay. Well, we'll get into that. Okay. So, <laughs> I've listened to Kill 'Em All a lot. I have barely listened to Killing Is My Business. My memories of Killing All were like, oh, it's 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 pretty good, but it's it's not like a great Metallica record because James Hetfield's got that kind of yelping voice. The yeah. Guitars are a bit a little bit thin, and there's a bass solo on there. So here's the thing: I listened to Killing All again this week. Yeah, uh, it's great. It's a thrill ride. The whole the whole record is fantastic, and it just it made me happy to listen to it. It's like. It's so much fucking fun. I told the story. Did I tell the story on the podcast? I think you did. Uh, uh, about even, even punk rock kids like like this record in secret. Yeah, like man, getting getting fucking shit faced, drinking at a punk house, and when someone brought a CD of Kill 'Em All, that did not. We didn't listen to anything else for the rest of the night. We were fucking. It's so, so much fucking into fun. It. Also, like the, they really give like the riffs a lot of space to, to. They play a lot of the riffs with like no uh, no bass and no drums underneath them. So. Like quite a lot often in the song, it's like, oh yeah, you could, you know, if you're a good guitar player, just figure this out. It's like, yeah, it's, oh, it's great. Do you have a what? What do you think is the standout track on it? Yeah, you know what? So hit the lights is a lot of fun. I think hit the yeah. lights might be, might be the, the best. It's, one. I so think for me, it's either hit the lights or motor breath. Motor breath's good too. Those um, are the two that like I remember banging. I like the bass solo. Of course, I'm not going to say that's the best track on it. No. That would be a ridiculous and obscure thing to say. But also. It's people not the worst track on it. <laughs> no, that's true. Well, people who say, like, oh, the best track on Van Halen is Eruption or, like, motherfucker, there's, <laughs> like, real songs. That, that bass solo is really cool. Yeah. And it, it is, like, we've got this really amazing bass player. Like, Kirk Hammett doesn't get a fucking solo on that record. Cliff <laughs> Burton does. That's yeah. that's fantastic. Um, Let's talk about Killing Is My Business. Yeah. Dot, 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 uh, I dot, listened to dot. that this week. Uh, It's it's not good. It's it's not fun. Um, Let's, let's, let's bring up the track listing because... Mc- Mechanics is on there, right? Mechanics is the faster version of the Four Horsemen. And you think, oh, faster? That'd be better. It's not. It's, it's, it's not, not as good. But <laughs> that's the only song I can kind of remember off of this. So, like... It's, it's weak. It has a Last Rites, Love to Death. I think that starts with a... If I'm remembering this right, it starts with a piano. Like, Last Rites is this, like, little piano thing at the beginning. It's, it's like, overblown, not good. Looking Down the Cross is actually kind of good. It's got some cool <laughs> riffs at the beginning. Okay. Uh, like... It's the longest like song on the album. Guitar, some sort of dual guitar nonsense. Yeah, um, lo- longest song at the album. Uh, yeah, only only five minutes though. Like, uh, yeah, Kilimall's longest songs like um, Seek and Destroy is pretty long, isn't it? Yeah, and they stretch and that, they stretch it out to an hour and a half when they play that live. <laughs> Come on, guys. Baby, looking oh, down yeah, the it cross. It's a fucking cover of uh, these boots are made. Of, these boots, sorry, uh, which you will know as these boots were made for walking, and that's just what they'll do. Covered by Nancy Sinatra and written by Lee, some Lee dude. Hazelwood. Yeah, who happily happy to claim money off this record until he got upset. Well, I can't remember some bullshit controversy, yeah. but. The, Read the Wikipedia article. Obviously, puts Mustaine yeah. as the as the hero in this story. Yeah. Well, Lee Hazelwood's kind of a dick. <sighs> Not good. So it's All right. A so strong miss from Megadeth. None of these songs get played live. Yeah. So. So even they don't support this record. So yeah. So uh, uh, obviously, Kill 'Em All like takes this right Kill by a fucking knockout <laughs> immediately. <laughs> that I, well, that is gonna be. Um, let's yeah. let's see how these other records compare each other. Kill 'Em All by by a long shot. Yeah. Kill 'em all's cover versus killing is my business. Yeah. 
Let's let's look both at the... of their covers sort of suck. Like, oh, no, Kill Kill 'Em All's kind of uh, iconic though. It almost, it almost I... looks like a fucking Russian flag with a big hammer and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It wins because every version of Killing in My Business yeah, has the... a shitty cover. Yeah. Like, the, like the original one, it looks like I've got thirty dollars. What can you do? <laughs> this is this. It's bad. And then the reissue one, it looks like they they copied it off of someone's shitty back tattoo. Like it's like <laughs> just like the worst, right? Like, um, so cover art wise, I, you gotta yeah, you gotta give it to the Kill 'Em All. So if we're gonna go just second albums, yeah, then you get 1984, you get Ride the Lightning. Ride the fucking lightning. Man. So they made Kill 'Em All and then immediately made um made Ride the Lightning yeah. the next year. Which is pretty impressive. That's, yeah, bands used to do that. Like, if you look at uh, the distance between, uh, um, like, Maiden's records, like the first five records all come out in the first five years, it's like, what the fuck? How, well, like, how did you do this? Uh, I think because, like, I don't think they could world tour at that point. Oh, the yeah, way, like, like, eventually. They, they, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Ride the Lightning sold over 4 million records. Its peak chart position was 48, almost universal critical acclaim when it came out. I um, would say it's Metallica's best record. About back to front, it is. It, it doesn't have ever. There are better songs on other records. If you had to pick an album by Metallica, I think you're probably if like um, probably yeah. looking at this one. Yeah, if you want one where you could just put it on and leave it on, and not have multiple songs that you kind of want to skip because they're boring, Ride the Lightning is like the one from 1986. You have P cells dot dot dot, dot, dot. <laughs> comma. But who's fine? <laughs> this one was platinum. Yeah, so well, done, well done, Megadeth. Peak chart, 76. It was heralded at the time as as genre-defining, like a milestone of the thrash genre, and it had pretty universal acclaim. I think it's reasonable to call it a, a thrash-defining record. I think yeah. that's, uh, that's fair, yeah. uh, because there's also a lot of stuff about thrash that's a bit... That's not that much fun. So, Ride the Lightning. Yeah, I mean, we kind of already said it. There's not, I mean, we don't have to say that much about it, but... No, you, you can just, you know what's on that record. You could just list the tracks in your head, and you go, oh, Fire, Fire with Fire. Oh, fucking Escape. I like Escape. Trapped yeah. Under Eyes. Uh, Trapped Under Fucking the belt for, for, well, Fade the Black. Creeping Death. Come on, this is... This is that is it's fantastic back to front record. Just it's, absolutely It's fucking stacked. They they took a leap up from Kill em All, like we said, is, is goofy fun. Yeah. Ride the Lightning. They like stepped up their game. It, the production's a little bit better. His voice is, a, is it isn't the the sort of like burly Hetfield that you get later, but it's more it's stronger than than on, yeah. on uh, Kill 'Em All. Everything is stronger. Yeah. Um, Peace cells. What's on Peace cells? Uh, Peace cells has the title track. Peace cells, but who's buying? Of course. And it's, which isn't bad. Actually, I listened to it this this week as well. I was kind of dreading it because I remember it being like a annoying, fun, free, no chorus, no fucking major notes ever. Um, it's better than that. It's it's not as bad as yeah. I thought it was. Um, it has beautiful cover. So it's what would you say overall is? I mean, it's got to be a better album than Killing Is My Business. Yeah, right? it's it's got a, f- a few actual memorable songs on it. It's uh, good. Uh, let's say Good Morning Black Black Friday is it, it, that's not that great, but uh, Wake Up Dead's pretty good. Um, Peace Cells is good, um, and it has a cover of I Ain't Superstitious, which is fucking unspeakable. <laughs> I don't... What's with the covers, Megadeth? Yeah, I was gonna Knock say, it, it the fuck off. Um, okay, so overall, I mean... I think they both raised their game. They both raised their, their game. They both raised their game, probably by about the same amount. Yeah. Like, this is a much better record than uh, Killing Is My Business. Sure. But it's still not, you know, it's so, fine. So we would say, I mean, it's it's got to be it's gotta be Ride the Lightning as the better album, right? Ride the Lightning is one of the best albums 
Yeah. Period. Like you can put that up against most albums and it will win. Yeah. So, uh, what What is your standout track on on Ride the Lightning? Ride the Lightning. For whom the bell tolls, I think. I, really I would like, agree. Really like fight fire with fire. But it's so fucking fast. But for whom the bell tolls and the fucking wild bass intro. Come on. Yeah. Live. The first time I heard it, like as like you know, I was in like fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. That song stuck out to me as like the thing. It it like, kind of still does, doesn't it? It's yeah, really and it's good. still like it, peace cells. Um, uh, peace cells is probably the standout track on that. It's all right. Yeah, that's the one I remember. Bass I mean, intro. wake up dead's okay. Yeah, it, it has a. Um, it's it's fine. It's, yeah, it's this is a solid thrash album. Yeah, yeah. cover art. Ooh, th- this is this is where it gets a bit closer because um, the I would, cover art on, the cover art on P cells is great. I would actually give it to the P cells cover art. My man Ed Ripka just fucking destroying it on the painting of fucking Rattlehead, like with or, a, a destroy with that destroyed. Um, with like a is it United Nations building? It's it's usually that Megadeth have a thing about the United they Nations. They really They're are not a fan insane. of UN. <laughs> like. <laughs> we won't, we were not gonna work up to uh, a United Abominations. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> like, um, I think the concept's better on Ride the Lightning with the, the electric chair. Sure, uh, but, but it's that's that painting is crazy awesome. Yeah. All right. Moving on. So and also, three. I just want to point out that this album came out the same year as Master of Puppets. It, it also <laughs> came out the same year as Rain in Blood. So. so they came in like <laughs> they got the bronze pretty hard. I don't know what Anthrax was doing that year. <laughs> You know, they rightly looked at what was on the release schedule and was like, how about next year? 1997 is probably a good year for Anthrax. Yeah. yeah. Um, Somewhere in Time came out this year as well. Also a better album. If we're okay. So, <laughs> third albums, we got Master of Puppets versus So Far, So Good, So What. So, Master of Puppets, you you know what Master of Puppets is. Um, Sales-wise, 3,500,000. Peak chart ranking was 29th. It was, um, people were all over this album. Like, critics were, like, yeah. in love with this album. They rightly put it as the, a crazy step up. I, I, production I'm not sure. Wise, I, I'm not, well, production-wise, 100%. Yeah, I think production-wise and timing-wise, and some of the best Metallica songs in here, there's also some terrible songs on here. But which So, is, let, let's dig into that. So, yeah. Battery, I, th- I know that's kind of your favorite Metallica song, hands down, isn't it? Yes. It's eight. Really good. Battery and the Master of Puppets. You could almost yeah, just like start it like, over at that point, right? Like, you know? Battery and Master of Puppets. I don't think in metal. I don't think there is a greater one-two punch. There's like a, a bigger fall off in every other first track, the second track that I could think of. About. Yeah, like, like the, the Rocket from the Crypt album starts at middle, and then Born in '69. That's really fucking strong. Not metal. Doesn't count. <laughs> Does, doesn't count. And also, middle would have to be way better <laughs> because like <laughs> middle. Not as good as battery. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then we have so far so good. Dot, well, actually, dot, I want to get so a little bit more into that Metallica record because yeah. um, you were saying there's some there's some not so great records, uh, not so great songs on there. Yes, and it's, um, there actually is, and this is where I think production wise, this is the ideal thrash production. Things like, should sound like this. Yeah, and Metallica never sounded this good in my opinion ever again. The fact is, you listen to Battery or you listen to. Uh, Master of Puppets, or even Welcome Home Sanitarium, and you're like, this is exactly what I want this yeah. type of metal to sound like. But what you forget is the thing that should not be is in between those. The <laughs> thing that should not be is not very good. And it's it has, not very good. It's and interminable, has lots of riffs, and you're like, oh, I wish, wish this would end. And eventually it does, and then Sanitarium Sanitarium's great. That's, that's the third best song on this record. A quarter of this record is unstoppable brilliance, and about another quarter of it is very very good and the rest of it is kind of 
There's a lot of filler. Well, like, if you were in a metal band, you'd be proud to put it out, but this is Metallica, and this awesome. is like the third record, and it's 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 fine. Yeah, again, you have three songs we talked about. Yeah. It's kind of game over. Like, you win, but we got to talk about the third one. So, so far, so good, dot, 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 so what? Sales sold one million. Really? Presumably people couldn't hear it before they bought it. Is that <laughs> Peak? Actually, 28. For so far, so good. So what? Okay. So chart, chart wise, if we if we are splitting years up like we we are for this, it actually charted slightly higher, like one spot higher, like it's at its peak. Than, All right. Did Master of Puppets did? That's probably because Master of Puppets. A lot of these Metallica albums probably didn't sell that much. If we can look at the years that they were out, it's just they sold more over time. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. So people are still buying them now. Critical feedback was positive for. For so far, so good. So what? Okay, people we're, were gonna we're gonna it, tip that balance today. <laughs> people were into it as a metal album and as a thrash album. So far, so good. So what? What does this have on there? Uh, this is weak. This is <laughs> this is very very weak. Uh, Into the Lungs of Hell, which is an instrumental, which starts with synthesized fucking uh, horns and is as bad as you think it's gonna be. And I and I even listened to the fucking remix on um on Spotify. So like this is a, okay, we're gonna get them horns sounding good. You did not get those horns sounding good. <laughs> Set the world afire. Don't remember. Anarchy in the UK. Ooh, weak, what? weak. Sex Pistols cover. What? What is up with the, all the covers? They, they got um, Steve Jones to play guitar on that record. Uh, it's still, still weak. Still bad. Yeah. Um, in my darkest hours is probably the standout. Um, it's a standout for hilarity. I. But it's like rubbish. Just like. Well, but it's also what I love about it is it's the most. Like, they stole a 14 year old's diary, like, kind of lyrics. It's like, my darkest hour. No, no, you're not there. It's like, come on. Come on. Like, oh. you know, like, keep it's a it podcast catchphrase. Fucking keep it together, Mustang. Um, 502 is interesting. <sighs> interesting is strong word. It's uh, it, That's about, uh, it says that the Wikipedia entry is about driving fast cars. <laughs> Good job, Wikipedia dude. <laughs> 502 starts with um, Mustaine being a cop pulling you over going, pull over his shithead. And you're like, this is not going to go well. And it doesn't. With his attitudes on a lot of things, Mustaine would have made a good cop. I mean, not the drug stuff. but A, a, a <laughs> modern cop. Like a modern now. A nice cop. <laughs> so, overall, you would say garbage. This is a garbage uh, record, right? That would... No, that wouldn't even be strong. Yes, this is a garbage record. Uh, Liar is written about... Oh, re read the Wikipedia entry. Liar is written about uh, Chris Poland, the previous guitar player, who, uh, in order to fund his, his uh, smack habit, would sell Megadeth gear. <laughs> no, no wonder he was mad at... <laughs> the whole Megadeth organization. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were surprised when I told you that this had positive critical feedback. Yeah, because it's rubbish. It's, it's a bad record. Okay, so uh, standout tracks for Master of Puppets, Battery, for me. Like, you said it. You confirmed what yeah, I believe. Prob battery, battery is my favorite Metallica song of all time. I mean, that first lead, that first lead break, yes, well done. Yeah, it's so good. Like, everything about it, so good. Um, for uh, So Far, So Good, So What. Standout track. <laughs> I guess In My Darkest Hour, because I make fun of In My Darkest Hour all it's the time. Written about the death of Cliff, Cliff Burton, apparently. And oh really? The, and they, uh, the 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 Metallica crew didn't didn't tell Mustaine he was mad about this. He had to find out secondhand through someone I else. I figured that it was about Hetfield or something, just because I know that Mustaine <laughs> will like not let it go. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs>
It would be more fun if it's about James Hetfield. I mean, I la- layers like about Chris Pole and maybe all these songs are about people that have wronged him. <laughs> the list of grievances. <laughs> um, Actually, do you want to talk about the covers? Or oh, we should talk about the covers. All right. The, the cover on, on the Megadeth record, it's slipped back. It's weak. It's that. Well, it's like a model. It looks like a weird skeleton doll. It seems to be holding a gun. And there's like a moon in the background. It's they went to like a place in the mall that the like fucking like senior picture photos. And they're like, <laughs> what kind of backgrounds do you have? We have one of the moon. Cool. We got this guy in this weird <laughs> skull mask. He's just gonna take a photo. And then they they rightly probably figured, wow, this looks really shitty. Let's put like a VHS bad TV sort of yeah. effect on it. Now we meant it to be shitty. How about that? Balls in your court. It's so far so good. So what versus any other album cover in history? And most of the <laughs> time, that other album would totally win because it's laughably shitty. Yeah. Right. Um, it beats killing is my business. <laughs> That's how my killing is my business is. What's what's the score right now, Paul? For actual albums, like for actually Spotifying up something or like going to the used bin of a record store and being like, oh, they have this on CD. I'll get this. Uh, Metallica is a straight crushing them for content. They're also crushing them for chart position for the most part, <laughs> uh, total sales, and uh, I would say even critical acclaim. Yeah. Although that's closer than you would think it would be, <laughs> which is weird. Album artwork. Make it, I think, a one in the win column for that. Yeah, so two to one. Okay. Two to one on that. But th- three zero for... Three zero for actually listening to stuff. Let's see. So the next album, which again came out the same year as So Far So Good, So What? So this is because all the, the timing's all fucked up. But there album, been, album but four versus album four, though. Nineteen eighty-eight, we saw the And Justice for All come out. <sighs> yes, we did. Uh, certified four times platinum, peaked at six on the Billboard charts. Wow. And was it, this is their major label debut? Or like were they? No, on? they were on Electra. Oh, on Electra before. Ride the lightning on, I think. Oh yeah, like, okay. Like, um, and critically, critical acclaim, people were into this album, and I think it's because it's really an album of the time for uh, of metal being per- getting more progressive, and also subject matter wise, this is perhaps the most like full on serious of like just topical. Metallica song. Yeah, this is about wars and like everything's the- wars, pollution. Yeah, you know shit like that. <laughs> um, this is gonna go head to head with 1990s Rust in Peace. Yes. Now Rust in Peace did not sell what Injustice for All sold, uh, which, as you can imagine, sales one million. Right. Peak chart so 23. Uh, Rust in Peace really pointed out as being um, having a huge impact, both like legacy looking back on it, as well as being a genre defining piece of work for, I guess, slightly more progressive. I would say this is a more progressive album as well. Yes, Um, I I think so. So, and this is where it could get interesting. Definitely. So, what do we what do we make of Injustice for All? I haven't listened to it for a long time. Um, What uh, I make of Injustice for All is the production is fucking terrible, and it has legitimately one song that I listen to all the time, which is the opener. Metallica's aces at picking opening songs. So Blackened... Blackened, yeah. Blackened's good. Blackened is, for the kind of thrash stuff that they do, the best. One is tolerable. Short of Straw is pretty good. There's one, a, but there's one's all right. It's, the problem, it's, it's overplayed because it's, it's the only yeah. single. It, and it was their first video. And, oh, sellouts from whatever. I don't want to get into that. Um... But yeah. it, one still gets played on rock radio here in It still here gets in it still gets played Seattle. in its entirety, which is funny because 
It's like a seven and a half minute song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and towards the end, it's the epitome of one more riff. They do like variant riffs. You know riffs. what? It's not even one more riff. It's like, no, mathematically, what if we put uh, the emphasis on a different part of the beat? It's like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> like, this is, you're practicing guitar. I'm not <laughs> like, you're, you're getting really good, but I, I don't, I, I don't care. <laughs> Blacken, again, I think the strongest cut. Blacken's great. Because yeah. it's got that Newstead touch. He's <laughs> <laughs> the, the only one he got uh, right. That's yeah, the only one. He, yeah. For his intricately recorded backwards bass stuff on the intro that you can't hear because you cannot hear Jason Newstead. I, he, they deleted his performance. But It's a fucking crime because... Uh, well, actually, uh, even so, uh, there's, a, there's a remix of this on YouTube where you can list it with a bass turn way up. It's still not very good because the songs aren't... That's the songs great. are great. To rust in peace. Rust in peace. Um, this is really good. Uh, this has cuts, man, and also, like, yeah, this is this is the the one that people listen to more than ever once before they had their breakout success. Which yeah, will be the next album. But Th- this got some great songs. Like Holy Wars is good. Uh, dot, ha- dot, dot. Hangar eight. Sorry, Holy I Wars. like I like that they're like we can't get dot dot dots into the album <laughs> title. Dot dot dot. In peace? Question mark. In they could, they're like, we can't get that to work. It's like, no. can we write a song that has dot dot dots? You mean like Holy War? <laughs> dot dot dot. The punishment do. I, I was thinking more about Rust in Peace. Dot dot dot. Polaris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the closer. The closer should be Dawn Patrol, as discussed with the mole. <laughs> um, do, Holy Wars is good. Hangar 18 is really good. Uh, Tornado, Tornado of Souls is a fucking jam. It's really good. It, that's, yeah. that's, that's worth digging up. The no covers, which is no good covers. because well I done, don't man. remember... I didn't remember them doing as many shitty covers as apparently they did. No. So. This is the first one with um, Mike Freeman uh, playing uh, playing lead guitar and with uh, Nick Menza, R.I.P. Nick Menza, uh, on the drums. And it's the, it's the stable lineup, as in this lineup lasts for about 10 years. When you hold them back-to-back now, these these two records, this record is much better. I would agree. I would agree. And I'm not, not that I'm clamoring to listen to Rust in Peace all the time, but Injustice for All is just, like, frequently just exhausting to listen to. And when you do listen to Rust in Peace, I feel like... There's some joy in there. They, they toured this record in 2010 and played it all live, including Dawn Patrol. Including that is the Dawn best. Patrol. That is my, my favorite thing. Megadeth have a long list of terrible things and an even longer list of amazing, funny things, including the Mega Life Church that Dave Ellison runs. <laughs> Please, God. Um... But a live version of Dawn Patrol, it, that's got to be top of that list. That's yeah. fantastic. Okay, so um, standout tracks from Injustice for All, or standout track. Blackened? Blackened. blackened. It's blackened. Uh, standout track for... Um, oh, I'll take your pick. Tornado Souls is my favorite on that. It's really fun. Uh, I'll give it up for Hangar 18, because I feel like Hangar 18 is... That's a great opening for group, isn't it? It's so much fun to play. Part of me wants to put Dawn Patrol, because it's a thing <laughs> that I didn't even remember was a thing until you uh, started making fun of it, and now it's just the unofficial oh. theme of our fucking podcast. If we could buy the rights for it, I would yeah, <laughs> use it no as our shit. music. Um, so here it is. We're going to say it. Rust in Peace is way better than it, Justice for All. Oh, entirely, yeah. One. That's one in the Megadeth column. So uh, Skull, wait, one wait. For, oh. uh, cover art, cover art. Guess what? Rust Megadeth started doing again. But fucking Ed Rivka back in it, killing it. 
just Vic Rattlehead surrounded by the, the the 1990s world leaders, including apparently including John Major from the UK. I've owned this record. I've looked at it. I, I know what John Major looks like. He's not on the fucking cover of this record. Um, okay. Over an alien autopsy body with a fucking like glowing, presumably radioactive thing in his hand. Oh, it's exciting. So it's great. So I'm going to give it to Megadeth. I mean, the, the Metallica one's iconic, and their, state, their arena setup. Yeah. To that album was incredible with the broken columns and the fucking blind Lady Justice. It's a very good cover from Metallica, but it's very good, but Ripka. It's also hard to divorce from the fact that you're gonna have to listen to Injustice for All. (laughs) (laughs) It it makes you sad a little bit. And here it is. Nineteen ninety one, ninety two. Nineteen ninety one, self titled. Yeah. AKA the Black the Album. Black album. <laughs> Commonly known as the Black Album. It should be called the Snake Album. It's got a little snake so, in the don't, Yeah, they do. It has a black on black imprinted <laughs> uh, like a don't tread on me snake. Yeah. In the US, sixteen mil. Wow. So this is Diamond Plus. <laughs> like over the like the life of the whole thing, this is sold. This is one of the albums that sold uh, the most albums. Yeah, uh, this like, is uh, this is up not, not quite up there with Back in Black's probably sold twice as many as that, but it's still like of, of the order. Like this yeah. is um it's still albums don't twenty sell like this plus million. Like and yeah. like worldwide and it's kind of never gone away. Peak is number one. This is a number one and album. And Houston only has one writing credit on this whole thing, and presumably that is still a ton of money. <laughs> this made motherfuckers rich. So yeah. critically, people were into it, man. They were like, This is a hard rock album, metal album, this is this is dope. I don't I, I imagine the Metallica fans are Metallica fans are pretty loyal, and, and surviving on Justice for All and like going back to this would be like, oh great. Well, and this got them. This is a whole new level of fan. This is unfair, but we're gonna put this up against Countdown to Extinction, also a breakthrough album. I think it's, it's isn't it the best selling or highest charting record? You pro- you got them. yes, Hold yes it is. Yeah, sold two million in the U.S. That's Mod. pretty good. <laughs> So two million is amazing. Like yeah. two million, not like, even just two million today would be fucking unspeakable. But like even then, two million records. Even then, going well platinum was like awesome. And they've had they had a string of platinum selling records. Peak chart position number two, and generally positive. So there's some fools that that probably listened to it and thought it was a little stale or kind of the same album again. But generally, people were into it. This is certainly the album. That people who weren't just like thrash heads who were fucking getting like no, this, uh, fucking this is a more rounded metal album, and it's the one that like they had shit on MTV off this album. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Fucking they, they got their logo and their look down a lot better. Uh, mm-hmm. This has got some I don't know if they're hits, but "Skin of My Teeth" was a single, and it was um, the, the, I don't know how well it did, but it was it's, it's gonna be a good song. Um, "Sweating Bullets," "Sweating Bullets," bizarre. It's- is amazing. It's it's really good though. Let, let me tell you what a dick I was <laughs> when I was a teenager. At the height of me like listening to punk rock and stuff, driving to a fucking Denny's to meet people. So many of your stories still like because <laughs> like, there's not a lot to do in Alaska. And sweating bullets came on. We pulled up and I made them wait in the car so we could wow. finish listening to sweating bullets. And they were not into it. <laughs> Those people were like 100%. Like, the driver of that was like, I really wish I could get out of the car right now. And I was like, no, because it's still the turgid double bass. The guy's got a phaser. Yeah, like fucking <laughs> solo before we get back into it, before we get into this. Like, well, me, it's nice talking to myself. <laughs> 
this is where his vocals are bordering on self-parody, but I, I love everything if, if about If all this. of their songs were like this song, they'd be a much bigger band, for real. Like, if he just leaned into this vocals, they'd be like Primus There's or something. There's so many lines from Sweating Bullets that I just think about at odd times of day, where it's like... <laughs> His like the delivery on great story tell at the readers <laughs> digest is amazing. It's Symphony Instructions is a good song. That's more more serious. It's got like it's yes. a bit well, more. Well, that flooding. was that was the video that yeah like, yeah people were like oh shit like you know. So, it's a very strong record. There's there's uh I'd say seventy five percent really really good and some filler. The problem they have is, especially if they were trying to go head to head with Metallica. They were like, we got to up our game and make like a fucking metal record. And, and they did. The, and the, the, make the first chorus verse. And yeah. Make the best metal record we can make. And then Metallica made the Black Album. It's unfair <laughs> to Megadeth for us to compare these two. But, but that's the order. So. That's, that's, that's how it goes. Like, let's, let's look at what Metallica opened with. Enter Sandman. You heard which, that one? You know what? I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest with you. I could never hear Inner Sandman ever again. Be totally psyched. It is overplayed, but when I first heard it, oh my fucking god! I was, just... I was couldn't have been more into it. No, and I, I, made... I, I played it to death before even the commercial uh, stations like took it over and made it not fun anymore. But that's not really their fault. That is a great fucking song. No, and there was a lot of times in junior high that we would be places, and I'd be like, "Do you have a boombox?" <laughs> Let's listen to this Black Album on cassette. Yeah, I happen sure. to just carry around with me so we can fucking like listen to this shit. No, this this is a good record. And you got Sad But True, the next which I think was also a single. Um Unforgiven was a single. Don't Wherever I'm wherever I'm around, Paul. Wherever. Those sitars right at uh, the beginning. No, <laughs> yeah. no, you I I can't I can't do it, bro. <laughs> um <laughs> Oh shit! Look at this edition. I didn't know this edition. Musicians, or- orchestral arrangement, and nothing else matters. Guess who? Came in. Came in. <laughs> Came in back. So, Stephen, <sighs> what wh- are you gonna be the one to make the controversial statement? No, it's it's um it's not true. The <sighs> there are a lot of songs on Countdown to Extinction that are better than a lot of songs on on the Black Album. That is definitely true, but. The Black Album Pair. Yeah, I can't do it. I can't. I, mean, I, I, can't. I thought I was going to give this a Megadeth thing, but I'm like, no, looking I back, it's I like, can't, it's really other good. Other than just being a hater, there's no justifiable, like, no. that would just be the, be a contrarian. That would be the only reason. Metallica sound really strong this way. It's not as it's not as good as it's not puppets, what I but w- it's, it's a... It's still a good sound for them. It works, it works really well. Yeah. They, they're better at writing songs than Megadeth are. Yeah, and... I don't know that there's a song on on the Black Album that I like more than Sweaty Bullets. <laughs> there's like seriously, that is just that is just the fact. I, the whole album, come on, it's the Black Album. Like 16 million people or people who bought it multiple times can't be wrong. The first like, time you hear Enter Sandman is a stronger emotional experience than the first time you hear any of these Megadeth songs. So we're gonna give it to fucking. We gotta give it to the Black Album. All right, but, co- but the cover though. I the think, co- okay, I think so let's Megadeth talk about have to win that. I don't know. No, come on. Like, like Megadeth have a cover, and Metallica don't. That's not. <laughs> but that's the story. <laughs> None more black. Um, like, like, <laughs> like, like um, Spinal Tap is pretty funny. Don't actually do that. Come on. Okay, so that's two in a row. That Co- covers wise. Covers. Metallica. I'm sure is that Dave Mustaine's main thing. What about the cover? What about the Megadeth. highly underrated cover? 
Megadeth is now like they are uh, they're in the lead for covers. All right. And and not for the majority of everything. So but it could get interesting. I think it's about to get more interesting as we go. Oh, what it. was your uh what was your standout tracks? We didn't do standout tracks. Oh, standout tracks on the black album. The Unforgiven. Uh, it might be the Unforgiven. I, like I don't you like a lot of these. Sad but true's I, okay. I, I might go for Anti Sandman just because it's like the when I'm crystallizing the first time I heard it, it's like no this again and again and again and again. Enter Sandman. I'm gonna go Unforgiven. I I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't want to hear most of these songs. <laughs> That's weird because this is a better record. But look at this Megadeth album. I would hear any of those songs. Like if if Skin of My Teeth came on right now, I'd be like, oh yeah, here we go. Some sweaty bullets, a hundred percent. Like I said, I made a motherfucker wait for me. Sure. They really wanted to get a Grand Slam breakfast or a Superbird or Come some on. shit, and I was like, nah, dog. We gotta like listen to the rest of Sweaty Bullets, <laughs> a thing that they were verifiably not into. <laughs> like they were that's that's your standout track on this, isn't it? Oh, I can't, it can't be anything else. I'm, I'm gonna go high speed dirt. I really like that one. Oh really? Oh okay. Okay, so now, now it gets rough. Yeah. Okay, so 1996, five years. Yeah. People are just like, how are you gonna follow up? like the best selling album of all time or one of them? Yeah. You put out load. <sighs> okay, sales five million. Five million in the All US. right, people got, got wind of it before they... Number one album. Still a number yeah. one album. That came out, Guns Blazing, number one. Sure. But this is the first... This is legitimately the first Metallica album that had mixed reviews. Well, like they'd already cl- broken through into kind of the mainstream, right? So any, yeah. anyone that had a, an opinion in, in the mainstream press would have an opinion on this record. And, and they're comparing it against, again, a, a phen- like a phenomenon album. The Black Album is like had multiple singles. It was like a phenomenon, broke through. To follow that up five years later with... Like a collection of like weird thought experiments of what if we were a completely different band. It's, being it's, the like, it's get on for eighty minutes long. It's a whole. It's basically as long as a CD can possibly be. Yeah, they filled it all up with terrible music. Yeah. So then uh, Megadeth came out with Euthanasia. Euthanasia. Which I really 19, like. In nineteen ninety four, so yeah. they were able to crank this out. Oh, uh, one mil. Is all this one sold? So went platinum, peaked at number four. Nothing to sneeze at, but if you're trying to compare yourself to Metallica, Metallica is now on a run of, or it's going to start a run of number one albums for yeah. the rest of time. Positive reaction to this album. Yeah, although there was that that. Uh, Th- there's a cranky like revisiting of this album, <laughs> like a which bizarre <laughs> and needless revisiting of this <laughs> album. Let Tw- me see. Twenty like the twenty fourth anniversary. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, well, let me see what I think of this. Oh, they're treading water. Yeah, they're treading water like yeah, um fuck you good water i'm coming in hard on defending this one i did not listen to i'm gonna be honest with you i have heard the single from this one I, single I from played this. this constantly <laughs> in 1994 okay i'm gonna really lean hard on you to tell well, me it's not my that's best record but it has a reckoning there which is that um really staccato we um as a percussive riff yeah uh training consequences my buck car license style um, i did not know that, that is what it's saying a, a tulip mom it's, it's a french he sings it in French. So overall, would you say that this is a good album? Yes, I would. I think this is a great album. O- also, talk- the, the last song, Victory, constant references to other Megadeth songs. Okay. So. <sighs> Metallica. Load. Let's talk about Load. You know, you remember when... <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk about Load. <laughs> remember when earlier I was like, man, Metallica know how to write an opening song? Yeah, now they fucking don't. <laughs> and then Ain't My Bitch. No. Is is terrible. Have you guys got no ideas? They left? got nothing. They took five years to come up with load. Until it sleeps and here of the day are two 
pretty good songs on there. I did not listen to Euthanasia at all, but it can't be worse <laughs> than this, right? No, I, I'm telling you, Euthanasia is good and Load is bad. Having heard both of them, what's it? What's wait? What's the euthanasia cover like? It's it's a. We need to make a determination. It's, a, it's an old lady hanging out little babies on a washing line. They're making it really hard for me to make a determination on this because <laughs> no, like no, no wait because we'll scroll up to the Metallica cover. The and it's, it's Metallica art. is a is a, is it's, a. It's a legitimate piece of art called Blood and Semen. Yeah, and it's awful. <laughs> like, it's really bad. It looks like one of Hetfield's shittier tattoos. <laughs> Like it looks like it's on his arm. You know the kind of way. Okay, I'm gonna get like I I actually don't think it's that bad. Although it does look very thrown together for an album that they had five years to come up with art for. Yeah. So I'm gonna give it to Megadeth because it's a painting, and yeah. I've already gone on record that more <laughs> bands should have paintings. So I'm gonna give them this one. All right, standout tracks for Euthanasia for you. Um, Tulemon's actually pretty good. I'm gonna it's, go it's with ballady, but it's, it's good. I'm gonna go with that one, even though I haven't heard it because I really like the beer. Named after it. Actually, no, I'm going to go victory. victory. Oh, you're victory because yes. it's okay. So you say victory. I say Latuba. Because it's hilarious. Uh, re- load. I'm giving it to Hero, Hero of the, the Day. Day. Yeah, it's got to be that because I've actually put Hero of the Day on like Metallica playlist. It's 1997. Oh, it lines up. We got we got some more, and that's some more. And this is going to be a last reload. One. This is it. Kay. This works out year wise. 1997, the battle. Yeah. Between Reload by Metallica, peaked at number one. Yeah. Sold four million copies. Critically, not super with it. <laughs> like, I think got less good reviews than Load. It was called out, though, because they uh, they they used a creepy old woman singing. <laughs> I should find that. <laughs> this is a better record than Load, I think. Uh, okay. Let's, 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 let's dig into it. Oh, you want to do your numbers? Let's do your well, numbers. okay. Went platinum. Did not sell nearly as much as Reload. Reload peaked at number one. Cryptic Writings peaked at 10. So they okay. got demolished in this. Critically very divided. Like, I think half and half. Or a little foreshadowing. Both of these album covers are terrible. There's yeah. There's I, no I, good I, answers. I don't think we can award a winner because they're... <laughs> They both suck. Uh, <laughs> no one gets a point here. Fuck you both. <laughs> really bad. And Reload. Is just, uh, reload is kind of the same thing as Load, which is it's, fine it's, because it's, it's of a piece. They're together, and I yeah. understand what they're going for. But uh, and it's, they, oh, Metallica also unveiled their new rubbish logo, which is... Uh, you see, you, you're, you're, you're positing that Reload. I think Reload might be a better record than Load. Let's, let's see if I'm right. Okay. Because it starts off with Fuel. Fuel is terrible. It is terrible. It's it a better. Is. It's a better opening than "Ain't My Bitch." Give me fuck, give me fang, or da 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 da. da. It's. Uh, it but I a, still hate the song. It has an exciting so riff. The oh. memory remains featuring some creepy old woman. <laughs> <laughs> I this, love sorry, it. this is not the editorial opinion of this <laughs> podcast that Mary Faithful is a creepy old woman. No, it we was just, from. We, we really enjoy the level of fucking. Even now with the internet, the level of ignorance that someone was able Wait. to go and a creepy old lady sings at the end. Jesus fuck, guys! What was guys. that from? Because you sent that. I to can't me. remember. It was like, but it made me laugh so much. It was just, it's dude, like, look it up. You, like, you, this was a score <laughs> for them getting this lady, getting yeah. married unfaithful. Unforgiven, Unforgiven two. two. Yes, the most unneeded sequel since Alien Covenant. <laughs> Shots fired, Alien Covenant. Get at me, Ridley Scott. No one is coming after you for that. <laughs> No, because he goes, are you unforgiven too? It works on two levels. 
Yeah. But, but why call it un- Unforgiven and then I.I. going with the Roman numerals instead of the actual two? <laughs> a T.O.O. Like, kind of like Teen Wolf. Because it doesn't wolf. set them up for Unforgiven 3, apparently, which I've never heard. Gonna dig into that on a later podcast. Yeah. Oh, my God, Metallica, <laughs> what have you done? You wrote Battery. You remember you guys wrote Battery? <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah, remember when you wrote all of Ride the Lightning? <laughs> we were just talking about how Back to Front <laughs> is amazing. I will go this far. You guys wrote Disposable Heroes. <laughs> Legitimately <laughs> memory. remember memory remains. I can't account of a given two, but neither of them as good as, as, as that. This is a worse album now. Now, now I get into it. <laughs> All right. What is what is cryptic writings got? Cryptic writings, man. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Listen to the change of tone in my voice. <laughs> I know you're fucking it's all sits up now. Um, <laughs> Trust, which they do a Spanish version of, which I th- we've also talked about in this part. That's the My Buddy Aches from Mistakes, Betrayed <laughs> by Lust, which he sings in Spanish to people he wants to push over a wall and never see again. I hate Dave Mustaine. He is a terrible man. Uh, has <laughs> used the man. I've seen the. I've seen the man use the needle. I've seen the needle use the man to buy drugs. Oh, that's so works, on, works on multiple that's levels. Powerful. Oh. Have cool will travel is as bad as you think it is. She wolf. She wolf. Genuinely very good. Uh, Vortex is is a super fast thrash song, which that's that's pretty good. And FFF is fight for freedom. It's really good. So the, <laughs> wait, wait, uh, the wait, opening wait, three wait. and the closing three and the secret place are really fucking good. Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Fight for freedom. <laughs> <laughs> is it about G.I. Joe? Like what? <laughs> I, I think so. Okay, well, I'm going to take your opinion on it because I have heard... <laughs> a lot of sitar, you'd love it. None of these songs. Like, <laughs> legitimately, absolutely none of these songs. We're going to give it to Cryptic Writings as a better album than Reload. And this is 90, 1997, yeah. the year I graduated high school. These <laughs> two were duking it out while I wanted no part of either. I no, literally abstained from this battle courteously. Like I, I was not. I don't it. think I bought either of these records. So tell me, tell me what your standout track is from Cryptic Writings because I know none of these songs. Hard to pick because you got to pick one. Uh, I'm gonna pick. Um, I'm gonna pick Fight for Freedom. I'm gonna pick the closer. <laughs> what's, your, what's your standout track on uh, on Reload? It's got to be the Memory Remains because that's the only good song on this album. I might go Unforgiven too because you Unforgiven. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it it's had funny. a colon and a never like subtitle. No, I want to go with Unforgiven to Unforgiven Harder. <laughs> like, like, like Unforgiven to Crazy Control. Unforgiven to the first assignment. <laughs> We're not going to award best album cover because no, as no, we stated, both of you go to bed, is, no dinner. Okay, Cryptic Writings is better. So okay, so we oh, it's one, it's a two, much better record. Where we ultimately landed, this is shocking. This is actually shocking to me. Metallica have four out of the seven best records. Yeah. Like by by sheer listenability. Yes. I, I, this is our biased opinions on listening to these records. Yeah. And mainly my opinions on Some, the Megadeth so, records. Especially too, the yeah. Megadeth records. But I, I like, I defer to you. So Megadeth closed the gap. They really did. Way harder than you would think. Like, I mean. Load and reload are fucking garbage. That's the problem. And they are tied. For, for, for album art, for yeah, that album sounds about right. Megadeth have always had a okay, good let's, image. Okay, let's let's look at just for album artwork as a tiebreaker. Let's look at Risk versus Saint Anger, just to figure out who's who. All right, who takes this? And uh, maybe on a later <laughs> podcast we'll actually get into the contents of Risk. I don't think I've listened to it. This is going to be a very difficult. Okay, one. so Risk has two terrible album covers. I'm looking at this right now. I don't want to give it to either of them again. They're both fucking okay, let's, dreadful. Okay, let's kick let's kick the ball down the road. Uh, the, world the world needs a hero. <laughs> oh, that's bad. Versus Death Magnetic. 
death magnetic. Like that's that's actually all right. I mean, yeah, it's, and it's the CD in of that had this in, insane die cut thing where there was like layer upon layer of paper that you flip oh, okay. through. That's all right. So that's pretty cool. So so in that case, then we really had to punt that way down the road. Metallica takes it. Yeah, for album covers. And, Man, and, we had and, to go and for albums. To be fair, like the, the four records are better than the four. Metallica predictably take it but, in summation, but way less than you buy a. a, a a narrower margin than you'd expect. Also, this is much like the Tories getting elected in our recent. <laughs> also, <laughs> we should probably, uh, probably yeah. wrap things. <laughs> Let's wrap this up. up. We're gonna read the ad so we can, I guess, pay for that Spotify, uh, the unad Spotify to listen to more shitty fucking Megadeth albums. Hey. Doctors. They're the only healthcare professionals we build TV shows around. Except for nurses, and maybe lifeguards. Do they count? And what's the one thing these motherfuckers in white are always saying? Eat more fruit. But seriously, you're a busy podcast listener. Are you going to have time to go to the store, select out some fruits, wash and prepare them? No, that's not going to happen. Enter fruitshoot.com, the online citrus fulfillment service that dials it in and gets it done. With just eight clicks, you can get all the fruits you need for that healthy, scurvy-free lifestyle delivered to your home every week. Consider the menu options from last week. Nectarine, lemon, satsuma. Actually, that's just another nectarine. They're pretty much the same. Use the code 50pod50 and we'll include a couple of weeks where we send you chocolate eggs instead of fruit because who even likes fruit? Fruitshoot.com. When life gives you lemons, we'll probably send you some more lemons. Sorry, drink a whiskey. <laughs> Never uh, explain. Never apologize. So, um, smooth. I was uh, I was in a hotel room Friday night and uh, turning around cable because we don't have cable at home, but we, we go to a hotel room. It's yeah, fancy. we have cable, so we're turning around. Get the Seattle channel. Uh, we mostly watch the hotel guide channel. It's, it's good yeah, time. sure. It's, yeah, you gotta find out about what's going on in the local area. Gotta know about. Some of the services that our hotel offers. Hey, when's checkout time? <laughs> like, <laughs> I could just watch this twenty-minute video. Maybe it'll tell me. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was turning around, and we went. We we landed on PBS, and I saw it. Great British Breaking Show it was on. <laughs> dog, it was on again, and it was like I don't recognize any of these people. Is this new? Is this new shit? Is this that new shit? I, I mean, I, I was like, it's not too new because it's all the same hosts and judges. I looked it up. This is uh, you guys, Americans, season four. English season six. This is the latest season that's been been produced. Okay, this is the, the latest season. Breakers. This is a uh... so they they dropped the first two episodes. If you're a PBS member, you can watch all ten right now. Wow, I'm not. So I just I can just see what they're going to cook or bake. I guess is the correct term. <laughs> I should probably use the correct term. <laughs> no, what they're gonna bake. Wait, you can you with... can't watch the whole episode. Like you can just watch the beginning of it. Oh, I can't even watch the beginning. But I see a thumbnail and a synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> you watch. They, we watched Jesus episode Christ, two. PBS, that's just cruel. We watched episode two, and then we went back and watched episode one because episode one was available. So episode one is uh, cakes. Cakes, yeah. They I think made... I think you usually start with cakes. Episode two, biscuits, biscuits brackets, cookies <laughs> for the U.S. market. Yeah, um, they had to make Jaffa cakes. That was exciting. Do you guys are you guys familiar with what Jaffa cakes are? Uh, I, I guess you might I, be now. You've watched a documentary about them. <laughs> I um. I knew them from space. From space. Oh my fucking god! I've got some Java kicks in my pocket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I then I had to be like I had to look it up because I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I 
and I haven't been anywhere where I can actually get one. They're not available in the U.S. as far as I've as far as I've found. No, it's not that like I've like tried to track them down super hard, but they're they're, they're good. I have not have never had one. Although Let's I see like, if I can bring one back next time I'm in the I UK. I enjoy orange things. I like sponge cake. I like chocolate. I I like all the components of a Jaffa cake. Yeah, that makes me. Yeah, it's this it, really sharp jelly, like a like a not like a gummy bear exactly because it's floppier than that, and it's it's very sweet and it's also very. Intense. It's a very intense, intense flavor like that. Oh, that's, that's some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I watched people struggle to make them, and they did not. Spoiler alert. They did a bad job. It's it's, it's very hard. I they, mean, it's an industrial also, process making those things. Also, the weird thing is, if you're listening and you don't know what a Jaffa cake is, some of the people who were in that tent also didn't know what a Jaffa cake was. <laughs> that's they're like, disgraceful. They were like... It's supposed to be British. Because <laughs> they like you know used a tin where a uh, muffin top type situation. And they're like which way do I put the chocolate and stuff? And so some people put them up upside down. They have like the weird upside down ones because they're like, oh, my jelly circle fits better on the bottom. That's weird. Come on, guys. Don't do that. Keep it together. (laughs) Like, Stop and think about it first. No, don't even pull out your phone. Remember two days ago when you had a Jaffa cake? (laughs) A couple questions. This makes more sense than I now know that this is the last or the most current season. Yes, it's it's the most current one. Which makes more sense than when I just looked up season four and and found out. Who are these motherfuckers? Well, I was like, I looked it up on Wikipedia and I was like, 2013, are we really that behind here? Like, No, it, it's weird. I'm not sure exactly what the choices they're making for showing the order in which the show, because I think the first one might have actually been the first the first series, but they've skipped. Season four is somehow series six. Yeah. So I, I don't know what the rules are. So have you seen series six? I have, yes. So you know. I know what happens. You know exactly what happens. So you're going to have to keep it under wraps. Sure. No spoilers here. I'll have to say, first two episodes in, not a strong field. People have been bricking pretty hard. Uh, failing? like Yeah, like failing. Make, like, making bad cakes? Make it, like, not knowing what a Jaffa cake is, there was a ridiculous, in the biscuit challenge, the Le Showstopper was making an insanely tall gingerbread diorama. Because <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> it wasn't just, like, make a gingerbread house. It's like, it needs to have nine components. <laughs> <laughs> and then these motherfuckers are shooting for the stars. So just like, not only am I making my gingerbread family, but I'm making like the Chrysler building. <laughs> and, like, I'm, I'm making ma- a gingerbread pub. Oh, the pub. She won. <laughs> the pub with the sticky carpet. She like faked a sticky carpet to put in it. <laughs> she was very proud. of. I like the fact that in a baller move, she didn't leave one end open so you can look in. She made a complete gingerbread house that you had to tear part of it apart <laughs> to see that there was like, fucked up shit inside of it like yeah she didn't disappoint <laughs> they're just better than us as people at this point <laughs> never would have thought this, that is this this is should be going to mars to colonize <laughs> it <laughs> i mean not everyone because a couple of people's gingerbread houses were like look like if i had tried to do it like they're like <laughs> fucking gingerbread nightmares like there's fucking just store-bought gingerbread cookies held together with toothpaste <laughs> so i think about people being bad at baking but really secretly pretty good it's kind of like when you watch the NBA and someone seems bad at basketball, but you know that if you try to play, they would destroy you. <laughs> it would be it would be twenty one zero, and they would humiliate you on the court. But they look bad because other people are better. That's how Paul Hollywood is to all these amateur bakers. He's so much better at making breadsticks that they look bad. I but think they're he's still only good at making breadsticks, though. The other stuff, I think he's out of his depth. I think he, I don't, I don't think he can. Make you a really, you think he really leans on fucking. Every every every, uh, every time it's like about week three or four, it's bread week, and that's when he's like all strutting around like super fucking like he struts around super confident most of the time. But there's like a he's extra swaggery when it's bread time. Oh, get ready because this 
this Friday, I'm sure we're gonna they're gonna drop both episode three, bread. Okay. Episode four for the first time, batter. <laughs> also, I don't know what that means. I look at that synopsis. I'm like, what? Is, well, is I first know you make, batter you make pancakes challenge. out of batter. Um, other than that, I don't know. You can batter a fish and then deep fry it. That's that's uh. Yeah, they're not gonna do that. It seems unlikely that it's uh, gonna be your your challenge this week is fish and chips. That <laughs> seems like it's gonna be weird because. Like I'm already like, oh, I bet Val's gonna go home because she was unprepared and seemed <laughs> rattled. She rattled about everything. But you're like, I know who won. I, I do know who won. I can't remember any of the details of what happened though. Yeah, I remember one. There's one guy um, who has red hair, and I call yes. I call him Ginger Baker because <laughs> I think that's really funny. Yeah, <laughs> leave that joke. <laughs> <laughs> will do. will do. So yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, I. I I don't have I don't have strong leans yet. Still getting to people, but Val, man, I'd be surprised if she makes it through episode three. All right. Don't tell me. I'm not gonna say anything. So that's uh that's Bake Off talk. <laughs> Bake Off slash libel slash things we cut stuck. Definitely cutting stuff. That got us up the time though. We're now pushing two hours. Oh yeah. We were we very have. short. Should wrap this up. Uh, up until up until the point where we started talking about the Bake Off. So. All right. I hope you guys had as much fun as I had today. Peace! Peace. <laughs>